Hi everyone, I'm Debbie Roberts from Property Apprentice. Join me today for the Week in Review where I'll talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Our topics for this week, first one, we've got good returns on the 31st of August, the great KiwiSaver U-turn, and then the day before that from good returns on the 30th of August, more evidence of housing burden on the elderly, Treasury Research, 29th of August on one roof, we had the pros and cons of trading up in a market downturn. 31st of August, Tony Alexander from One Roof. We're now in the end game for falling house prices. And last but not least, from interest.co.nz on the 1st of September, ominous sign for spring housing market as the stock of homes for sale grows as prices fall. So first off the rank, we've got from good returns on the 31st of August, the great KiwiSaver U-turn. The government has done a U-turn and reversed its plans a day after saying GST would be applied to KiwiSaver fees. The government has swiftly abandoned plans to raise an extra $225 million a year by imposing GST on fees charged by KiwiSaver providers and other fund managers. This move was prompted by political backlash against the proposal, which lasted less than 24 hours after its introduction, without public notification in a routine omnibus tax bill. A statement from the Revenue Minister David Parker pointed out that the Inland Revenue and Treasury were to blame. He said both agencies advised that the move should be made to remove a loophole used by large financial companies, so they'd have to align with how others in New Zealand pay GST. National Party leader Christopher Luxon had immediately branded the move a retirement tax. The regulatory impact statement accompanying the bill had warned that as much as $186 billion of KiwiSaver and non-KiwiSaver funds under management would be lost by 2070 because the policy would reduce overall returns and discourage retirement savings. Parker explained that the reason why the government will not go ahead with the proposal contained within the taxation bill is because it undermines public confidence in KiwiSaver. The government wants to make sure that New Zealanders continue to save up for retirement. During consultation, he said it had appeared that large KiwiSaver providers opposed such a change, while smaller players, some of whom were already paying GST, supported it. However, since the announcement, it has been made clear that small providers oppose it too. My opinion on this, and I'm qualified as a financial advisor to talk about KiwiSaver and managed funds, uh, my opinion on this is that, you know, this is absolutely a mistake that they were looking at doing because, again, it discourages people from saving or investing to help fund their retirement, much like the changes that they made to property investments. So, you know, this one, I think that it's a good thing that they've done a U-turn on that. If anyone's got questions about whether or not it's still a good idea to invest in KiwiSaver, I would highly recommend that you get in touch with your financial advisor or whoever helped you set up your KiwiSaver fund and they can put to rest any issues that you've got. My opinion on KiwiSaver is that, you know, <laughs> there's... Nowhere else, as far as I'm aware, that you can get government contributions as well as employee contributions to help fund your retirement. So, you know, it definitely helps. All those little bits help when it comes to creating an investment fund for the future. Second topic, good returns on the 30th of August, more evidence of housing burden on the elderly, Treasury research. A new study shows a large number of people are at risk of being economically stressed in their old age by the high cost of housing. 
This applies to homeowners with a mortgage and people who are renting. The research was commissioned by Tiara Ahunga Ora Retirement Commission and carried out by the Treasury. It was based on information contained in the annual research program of Stats New Zealand, the Household Economic Survey, HES. The results revealed that superannuitants still paying rent were more likely to spend at least 40% of their New Zealand super income on housing, but the problem was even worse for people still paying off mortgages. Tiara Ahunga Ora, Director of Policy, Susie Morrissey, said 80% of mortgagees over the age of 65 had to spend more than 40% of their New Zealand super on housing costs, and more than half of them were spending over 80% of their New Zealand super on housing costs. Compared to those who own their own homes, this is almost totally reversed. More than half of the people in this group spent less than 20% of New Zealand super on housing costs. This analysis is based solely on income from New Zealand super and didn't factor in any other earnings. However, this was important for the biggest chunk of the superannuitant population, the 40% who only have New Zealand super to live on. These problems were compounded by changes in patterns of home ownership in the last three decades. In 1986, 87% of people over the age of 60 were homeowners, had their mortgages paid off and were mainly retired from employment. By 2018, home ownership of the over 60s had fallen slightly to 80%, but one-fifth of those elderly homeowners were still paying off a mortgage, one-fifth were paying rent, and many were still in paid work. And this trend would steepen. Long-term, the balance of home ownership among the elderly was expected to shift to 60% homeowners and 40% paying rent. By 2048, the renter population would amount to almost 600,000 people. Mortgage and rent costs had been rising faster than outright ownership costs. Dr Morrissey said that the New Zealand super was introduced with the underlying assumption that those using it would be mortgage-free homeowners. Today, this is very different. Another study conducted by Massey University showed that people living an active life with plenty of outings in the big city would need more than $500 a week on top of the New Zealand super to cover the costs. So my advice to you is obviously we can't turn back the clock, but absolutely encourage the next generation to start planning for their future sooner rather than later, because the earlier you start to plan for your retirement, the easier it gets. It's never too late, though. You know, even people who are still have a mortgage by the time they reach retirement age, there's often something that you can do to help alleviate your financial position. If you want to learn more, join me at one of our free Beginner's Guide to Property Investment events available online or in person at our office in Ellerslie. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. If you want to find out more about how we can help you at Property Apprentice to create a stronger financial future for yourself and your family, feel free to get in touch with us. You can book a time for a no-obligation meeting with Paul Roberts, who's the CEO of Property Apprentice, by going to calendly.com forward slash Paul Roberts. Topic number three, one roof on the 29th of August, the pros and cons of trading up in a market downturn. For some buyers, a falling housing market's a great time to move to a better street, a nicer suburb or a bigger house. However, trading up when house prices are down still comes with risks. 
Robin Elson from Auckland's Ray White, Mount Eden, believes that there's always pros and cons in any market, and I would absolutely agree with that. His opinion is that the current market is more settled compared to two years ago. This provides opportunities for people who know what kind of property they want. A steady market also means people have more certainty in knowing what their own house is worth and what other properties are worth. Alson's advice is for people to get an updated appraisal and for them to make an effort to make their properties more saleable now that the market is pickier. He observed that Auckland properties are still selling well and multiple offers are still common. Alson sees aspirational buyers from all over the city, saying sometimes there are people jumping from one suburb to the next, such as from Avondale to Kingsland, for example. Last year, when interest rates were lower, buyers were comfortable jumping $1 million up. However, this has changed. Anyone looking to make a big leap up financially really needs to talk to a financial advisor. Ray White's Steve Kerber sells in Remuera, a suburb in Auckland which has always been popular with buyers. He thinks now's the ideal time to make a move, saying a $1 million jump from a $4.5 million property to a $5.5 million property has been in part driven by the impact of the pandemic. Kerber says most of his buyers are coming from nearby suburbs like Greylin, Sandringham, Point Chevalier, Mount Eden and Epsom, with a lot of those people wanting to move across for the schooling. Much of Remuera is in the prized double grammar zone. Kim Lyons, owner of First Rate Mortgages, says there are pros for buyers in the current market. Since less properties are being sold at auction, people now have an option to put in offers rather than stick their hand up in an auction room as a cash unconditional buyer. Nevertheless, interest rates are going up and bank servicing rates are in the high sevens, so buyers are faced with additional debt. One of the issues brokers see when people trade up is the need for expensive bridging finance when their own home fails to sell in time. But Lyon says unless there's an unconditional sale on the property, it's very, very hard to get bridging finance from a bank. When people are turned down by a bank, they'll often go to second tier lenders, which usually means even higher rates and there can be fees attached as well. Another issue is sometimes people are forced into selling their existing home quickly because they want to settle on a new house and this will urge them to drop their price and at other times buyers can have unrealistic expectations for what their property will sell for. A problem that brokers are seeing is that people who believe they've sold their homes accept the sale falls through and in the intervening time the value of their property falls substantially. So, you know, make sure that you get good advice from your mortgage advisor. And if you're a client of Property Apprentice, we can help you through that process as well with some financial advice to support that. Fourth topic for, t- for this week, one roof on the 31st of August, Tony Alexander, we're now in the end game for falling house prices. This article is a follow-up from Tony Alexander's column published every week. His survey with mortgages.co.nz revealed that more brokers are seeing first-home buyers re-enter the market. A net 8% of respondents said that first-home buyers are asking for advice. In February, a net 64% were seeing fewer first-home buyers and the latest result has been the strongest since February 2021. Based on this result, in addition to many other indicators, Tony Alexander believes that we're now entering the end-game period for falling house prices. Prices will certainly fall further, 
but we are close to the cycle bottoming and then prices rising again by 5 to 10% over 2023 and probably similar over 2024 and 2025, according to Alexander. The monthly survey of real estate agents will be released next week, but at the moment, since February 2021, a net positive proportion of agents and mortgage advisors are seeing more first-home buyers in the market. This is the latest sign that things are taking a positive turn before the end of the year, which commonly happens at this time of year once we hit spring. The concerns which buyers have generally about high interest rates, access to finance and prices falling after they buy, they remain high, but they're now starting to weaken. Fear of missing out is as low as it's been since February this year, with hardly any buyers expecting prices to rise if they delay their purchasing decision. Another gauge in a similar vein comes from the ASB's quarterly housing survey. They found that a net 31% of people nationwide and 28% in Auckland expect house prices to fall. Alexander thinks that the survey doesn't indicate prices have a lot further to fall, but rather it's an indication of what vendors will do. The net 31% is the worst reading since 2009, and it shows that vendors are caving into market realities. Most will stop holding out for a price they could have gotten late 2021 and will now meet the market so that they can get on with their lives. Alexander reiterates that people must remember that we're still in a buyer's market, with many still waiting in the shadows and fearing buying, then seeing prices go down further. The focus of the people holding back is on avoiding feeling silly or maximising capital gain if they're investing. This is an important message from Tony Alexander. As a first-home buyer, you have to ask yourself what the most important thing to you is. Is it squeezing the last 5% out of the house price cycle? Or is it taking advantage of a doubling in stock listings, capitulating vendors and a buyer's market to secure a property denied you a year ago for raising a family over the coming decades? My opinion on the property market at the moment is that the tide is definitely starting to show signs of turning. We're certainly getting more and more people uh, attending our free events every week, and that's often an early indicator to us as well because you know we get people from right across New Zealand logging into our free events and also from around the world, you know, Kiwis overseas as well. So when interest starts to pick up, in the property market, um, that's the, usually the first sign that the property market is about to turn. So if you're waiting for the prices to hit the bottom before you purchase, that could come sooner than you think. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, neither does anybody else, at least not one that actually works. So, you know, it is all just educated guesses, but that is my opinion. And uh, I, you know, certainly don't have a vested financial interest in saying that because Property Apprentice doesn't sell houses. Last topic for this week in review, we've got interest.co.nz on the 1st of September, ominous sign for spring housing market as the stock of homes for sale grows as prices fall. The number of homes available for sale in the market has doubled compared to a year ago, even though house prices are falling. Realestate.co.nz had 25,411 residential properties available for sale at the end of August. This is up 108% compared to the 12,249 it had available at the end of August last year. So if you're in the market to buy a house, what is holding you back? Twice as many to choose from now. That means that the amount of stock on the market is at a seven-year high for the time of year. 
New listings are also up, but not by as much. Realestate.co.nz received 7,492 new residential listings in August. That's up 15% compared to August last year and almost back to pre-pandemic levels when the website received 7,729 new listings in August 2019. The surge in stock is due to new listings coming back to pre-pandemic levels, but sales numbers are falling. Buyers now have more choice and prices are declining accordingly. Figures from realestate.co.nz suggest buyers have many properties to choose from over spring, which combined with higher interest rates is likely to lead to continuing falls in prices. There are signs vendors are biting the bullet when it comes to asking. The national average non-seasonally adjusted asking price of properties for sale on realestate.co.nz dropped $80,700 between its January 2022 peak and August. Over the same period, the average asking price for Auckland properties declined by $141,352. In August last year, realestate.co.nz recorded its lowest housing stock data in 15 years. Today, it's seeing stock double year on year, which is starting to reflect in asking prices. What does all that mean? Good time to go house hunting, people. Just make sure you're buying the house that fits your financial position. If you're looking for property investments as well, then feel free to get in touch with us so you can learn more about it. The way to reduce risk when you're buying property is to understand more. So the more you learn, the lower the risk. Learn more at one of our free events or get in touch with us directly at propertyapprentice.co.nz. We're here to help. Thanks for listening. See you next week.